listening to the Derek Asante podcast, also known as DAPS, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. I just aim to keep the discussion above the average. My guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today we are spending some time with a special person. And I mean that. When I say this gentleman is special, um, there's so many things about him, but I can only focus on, you know, certain aspects because otherwise we'll run out of time just on the intro, to be honest with you. Um, this man has a drive. I mean, a drive to achieve what has been the impossible for so many before him. And I include myself in that. Um, I've always admired and cheered him on from afar, but today I want to acknowledge him and pay him his respects. That's been long overdue. This brother is a man of God, and I'm confident his story is one that will resonate with so many others. I love and respect his grind, his courage to follow his dream, no matter the obstacle before him. His passion for the game of basketball is like no other, and how it spills into his marriage uh, is one that I want to tap into as well. I've asked my brother to join me in a conversation about pursuing your dreams, relationships, and his experience with getting back up. Please help me welcome my brother, Alex Johnson. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's a great intro. Man, it's, you know, it's funny. I have these moments where I look forward to, and this is one of them, and in the sense that it's not every day you get to tell someone how much they mean to you and, and mm-hmm. how they've impacted you. Right. And so in my first episode, I talked about a lot of people who kind of inspired me here and there, friends, mm-hmm. peers, and so forth. And you're one of those people. Mm-hmm. And I say that because from day one, your competitive edge, your drive to just want to be the best at whatever it is that you're doing. Your, your, you know, your drive to just want to learn something new. And that was the first thing I noticed, even, you know, way back when we were building computers and, Man. you know, like, <laughs> so you know, so it's, it's those moments that you recognize that, wait, something's different about this person. Right. And I, I knew that from jump and I wasn't worried as far as, whether you're going to be able to withstand the neighborhood and what it had to throw at you just because you had that inner drive that a lot of people didn't have, right? A lot of people really thought that the drive had to come from external sources mm-hmm. and that wasn't the case. And it's that belief in oneself that I think propels you to the next level. Because um, a lot of people are waiting for other people to say, hey, I think you're great. Definitely. You know what I mean? And you didn't have Definitely. to wait for that. You know, and so that's a part of the reason why. And obviously the, the most important thing for me is to be able to tell you that while you're here, as yeah. opposed to saying to other people, hey, I knew him and this is how he was and whatnot. I don't want other people to, you know, hear the story from me, but I also want to be able to tell you so that no matter what, you heard it from me and I'm I'm, I'm at peace with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's big time. You know, especially, so. Especially with, with life being so short, man, um, you, you you look at how many people have passed throughout uh, 
these uh, the past couple of months and right. uh, the past year. And, you know, people are giving people their flowers when they're gone. That's so, it. like, it's kind of like, man, I wish I would have gave them their flowers when they were here. So mm. they knew. That's and it. I've been trying to be more conscious of doing that now. Um, telling people, you know, I love them. Tell them, you know, um, I'm, I was motivated by them. I was, you know, intrigued by how they carried themselves. Yeah. Because you never know, man. You don't. You don't. And then the, the flip side is you don't know by you sharing that with them what kind of, you know, fire you might be able to ignite, reignite in them again. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're, we're in a space in a world where everybody needs a little bit of picking up. Definitely. You know, so hearing those things from somebody that they might also say, hey, I respect him. And then when it comes from you, they're going to be like, whoa, I didn't expect that. So now I really got to keep pushing because I didn't know he was looking at me from that perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and it just means so much. Um, but thank you for, first of all, like, you know, accepting my offer to be a part of the show. For sure. I really appreciate Anytime, that. <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> now I usually open with a quote. Um, and the quote that I have for you is this. So once I share the quote, I just want to get your opinion on it and how, how you feel or how it resonates with you. All right. Okay. So the only limit to our visions of tomorrow resides in our doubts of today. Oof. Sure. That's <laughs> heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I think it, it resonates with me just with uh, just uh, what we talked about off of air, you know? Yeah. Um, there's so many. Um, we bo- we both grew up in uh, the the famous Jungle City, right? Uh, metro housing, and um, you know we we didn't have a blueprint of what it looks like to to own something or to you know to get up out of the hood. We we don't know that mm-hmm. it was kind of like, nah, you got to stay here. This is where you're from, and I think that kind of uh, hindered us in terms of us being afraid to step out of the unknown mm-hmm. and doubting sometimes, you know, being fearful. Like, man, I, I, I don't know, man. Cause I, I, I know for, for me, uh, 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 my realtor, uh, uh, I was talking to Derek off the air, but we were talking about, uh, purchasing a home and my realtor has been talking to me, um, maybe my third year out of college. And I've always been given the, oh, no, 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 not right now, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm playing overseas, you know, I, I can't do it right now. And I've never been, you know, interested to ask the questions of like, so so how do, how do I do it? Like, right. what, do, what do I need? Or, you know what I mean? All the questions that I'm asking him now, I yeah. should have been asking him that. Yeah. So when I was ready, I could have probably came to him maybe two years right. uh, down the line and been like, yo, I'm ready. Let's, let's get the ball rolling. Right. Right. So that's awesome. That's definitely awesome. a strong quote. Um, uh, I'm glad you shared, man. Powerful. Yeah. You know, it, I, I, I thought of you when, when that one came to me and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, he exemplifies this. So I wonder how he sees it. And so I'm glad you were able to share that, that experience mm-hmm. with us. Um, so my, my vision for today is I want to kind of, 
talk about your journey, not only with basketball, but with life in general, right? Um, so we're going to start from the beginning as far as, um, you know, how you even got introduced to basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you encounter it? Okay. So uh, before basketball, I was more of a hockey guy. So You're kidding uh, me. Nah, not at all. Oh, for real? Yeah, I was a hockey guy, man. <laughs> I I I did, obviously, knew. I didn't catch that 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 chapter, but that's dope. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I had a little uh, hockey net, and uh, when I was in Eden Garth Court, I would bring the hockey net out onto the the parking lot, work on my work on my moves. I had rollerblades, so I knew how to rollerblade, and wow. then uh, yeah, and then like up to grade probably grade grade six, I, I played ice hockey. I was pretty good. Played in uh, the Maple Leaf Gardens. Had uh, three goals, what? one game. Yeah, that's that's. I honestly, I had no idea. But you know, I think I know why. Because when I when I came to Canada, I went straight to um, Lawrence Heights, but I was right in that building just across the street from the center. Mm-hmm. So I was on that side for the first uh, I don't know, maybe five 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 years or so, and then we made it over to Amaranth. So that's when I got introduced to you because you were already on that side. Yeah. So that makes sense. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So um, I think basketball started for me. Um, I mean, it was always, it was hockey and basketball, but I was more of hockey was my number one sport. Basketball was like my second sport. But then um, I had the little Michael Jordan, Fisher Price, Ned guys to come over there. Used to have a little run nice. in the in the yard, but um, I think it really took off with uh, Josh Emmanuel. Uh, he lived in your court, yeah, and um, he would he would come to my house six a.m. and just come and uh, work with me at the at the court behind uh, Eden Garth. Oh, so your introduction, your real introduction, was through Josh. Yeah. Wow, he, I didn't realize he, that. That's dope. He he pretty much showed me everything. And then I remember, like, we used to play one-on-one. I could never beat him. And I used to be like, nah, man, you're not leaving till I beat you. He's like, <laughs> bro, you're not ready. <laughs> so, Man, how young were you at that time? Uh, I was about maybe seven or eight. Wow. Yeah. I did, Well, you know what? I, I didn't realize the history between you two were that, that goes back that far. Yeah. I didn't realize I, that. That's incredible. And like I, I mimicked everything of his game. Like I was like, man, he's so good. Like he showed me everything. Like he showed me the Tim Hardaway crossover, the Allen Iverson crossover. Like we, the drills he used to set up for me. It's like, all right, this is the move we're working on. You're coming down, break down Tim Hardaway, get to the rim. Like okay, he'd be like, all right, you gotta do that five times. No, you're not doing it right. And like I'd get mad. He was like, all right, man, you're not ready to work. I'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, eh? Because and I say that because I used to I used to work out with Josh. Like we work on our games at the court as well. So I'm I'm like, when did you guys put in that time? Yeah, he was coming early morning. Wow. See, that's that those are the gems. Like those are the stories yeah. that you don't know. Um, man, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, and it, it's crazy too because I I maybe seen him like maybe a couple of years ago, and I've always told him like, yo, you're the reason 
you're a big reason why I was so successful, man. Like, I'll never forget that, like, him coming to my house to be like, yo, let's go. Like, you trying to work? Yeah. And I think that's what gave me my, my fuel to always work. Because I, I don't think I was, I, I didn't have, like, God-given talent like some of these guys that yeah. we know. Yeah. Like, everything I had, I had to work for. Because I, oh, sure. I remember a couple a couple of times, like, I, I would take, like, four or five days off because I'd be playing hockey. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come back and try to play, and I was, like, trash. I was, man, like, you can't take five days off, eh? Nah, that's, that's incredible. I think, yeah, see, it's funny because my sport was soccer. Mm-hmm. I never had no interest. I didn't have an interest in, in basketball at all. It was actually my brother who picked up the interest for basketball. And that's all he would watch in the house. Like, we would fight because he wouldn't change the channel. <laughs> right? Like, he would he'd watch hockey and every sport. And I'm just like, dude, can we just watch some regular shows? Like, yeah, you yeah. know, like, we would literally scrap over the remote and... And it wasn't until we got to the age where, you know, his friends are almost on the cusp of becoming my friends Mm -hmm. because we're only two years apart. So he would hang out with certain groups, but I'm two years younger. And at first he he didn't want me to be around them. Right. Because, you know, that big brother Mm -hmm. thing is like, nah, my little brother can't come along with this one. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I was old enough. Then I realized, wait a minute. okay. Um, I still had no interest. My my sport was still soccer. And then he would actually needed someone to practice on because he's mm-hmm. now learning the game because all his friends play basketball. Him and I only played soccer. So now to kind of be able to hang out with your friends, you got to play the sport they play. Yeah, it's so, true. You know, and so that was the common ground. So he's like, well, I got to get better. I got to train. So you drag me along. That's the only time I'm allowed to come along to, so that he can, you know, <laughs> practice on me. So, <laughs> so I would literally be his cone here and there. And then eventually he's like, okay, now you got to play some sort of defense. I'm like, okay, whatever that means. And, uh-huh. and it was over time, right? And then before I knew it, I'm like, wait a minute, I hate losing, just like you. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I want to be able to beat him. So then I started to take it seriously, right? But it really happened for me one summer because I remember I had a really good friend. Um, I don't know if you remember him, but he went, he, he's Shane Smith. He lived in your court. Um, light skin dude? No, he's, he wasn't light skin. Um, he was like your complexion, right? Maybe a little, a little bit lighter, but not light skin for sure. But slim, like okay. natural talent. Like he had a okay. natural acro ball. So we, we were going to Ledbury Park at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And we tried out for the school team. We were supposed to go. We got the bus. We went down. And we were one minute late. And this story never leaves me. We were uh-huh. like, we were a minute late. And I was only mm-hmm. going because I was trying to get him to play because he was that good. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to play ball. I'm like, nah, dude, you're, you're too good. You got to go. And he's like, okay, I'll go if you come. I said, all right. So I woke up. We went a minute late. We saw the door close on us. Uh-huh. The gym door. And... What hurts even more was we knock on the door. We're like, we're here for the tryout. And coach is like, no, nah, you guys are late. The coach was our janitor. Oh, no. He didn't even play ball. That's what, that's what, oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and that was it. Honestly, I think from then, his, his trajectory went left. Because mm-hmm. that was like an opportunity to kind of ignite something in him to want more. But because that didn't happen, he just didn't even take school seriously and everything kind of went south for him. 
Sheesh. You know what I mean? Like, but that's how simple it is for people to close, you know, kill other people's dreams. Yeah, definitely. You know, and and then from then, this so this was grade eight. We didn't make that team. And from that summer, I said, no matter what, I'm gonna make my grade nine team. And that's when I learned to play ball. That one summer. Sheesh. And I made the team and then everything kind of changed for me from that point. Like I would not <laughs> Is that when you were at Bathurst? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing uh, yeah. videos and stuff. I was like, man, that's crazy. That was it. Just one summer, we, Joe and I, just we were just there like 10 p.m. Sun is out. We're out there hooping just to get better. Because my goal was to make the team. Because everybody else I knew that was going to the school yeah. can already play because they came from Lawrence Heights. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, I got to get on this team. And hard work paid off. But that man. is... <laughs> That's crazy too, because your era was it was really I feel like like our eras were really competitive, yeah. like to make teams yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of people got passed up and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people. Man. Especially Bathurst too, yeah. That was too much. Was like- that was Bathurst was too much. It was crazy. Like you you had to you had to be able to hold your own. But then you also had to work hard. Like you had to earn mm-hmm. your spot. Like yeah. you couldn't, it was crazy because I had years where I was going through some knee pains and things. I don't know if it was growing pains or what, but so I had knee braces here and there and coach would see them and just from seeing them wouldn't play me. Mm. Right. And I'm just like, what's, what's that about? And I found out from the assistant coach, oh, uh, he doesn't know if you're ready to go because your knee. I'm like, but I was just in practice. <laughs> you, f- you feel me? Like it was just one of those. Yeah. And, and obviously that time too, you had to deal with the politics and yeah, and whatnot. Definitely. So you couldn't, you couldn't really shake it. But um, I want to go back. So how was your family structure growing up? You have both parents um, or what was that like? Uh, single parent. Uh just uh, just mom dukes and uh my sister nice uh dad was like non-existent you know him uh yeah 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 okay uh i think uh when was it i think when i was eight he was supposed to take me to go uh ice skating and he never showed up and my mom was like she already knew she's like I don't know why you're waiting at that door, boy. He ain't gonna come. Wow. And like, you know, when you're, 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 you're young, you're like, no, nah, he's coming. What yeah, you talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's coming. <laughs> My and gosh. He never showed, so. But do you have I, a, you have a relationship with him this day or no? Uh, it's like, I don't, it's, it's weird. Like, I don't have no malice towards him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I gave it up when I was in college. Yeah. Uh, my my sophomore year, I, I was playing and some guy came up to me. I, I swear it was like God speaking to me. He was like, yo, you, you could play, but you playing with some hate on your heart. He's like, you don't have your dad in your life, right? I'm like, yeah, how you know that? He's like, I could tell. He's like, you got to let that hate go. I was like, what? Like, how did he even know that? How did wow. he even know to say that to me? So... From from there, I kind of just you know I I'll re- I reached out to him for um, our uh, our engagement dinner. Mm-hmm. He ca- he came, he showed up, 
and then I invited him to the wedding. He didn't come, and then I, I haven't talked to him probably probably from the engagement dinner was the last time I've seen him. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we've been married for four and a half years now, for four and a half wow. years, roughly. Yeah, that's that's... It's crazy. It seems like it's the same old narrative. Mm-hmm. As I hear you speak, I'm I'm hearing my story, and it's too many too many of those stories. And I think that's another part of the motivation. I'm sure it is for you to not be that. You know what I mean? And yeah, for sure. To obviously change the 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 pattern, the cycle. Most wow. definitely. Wow. So mom's been your backbone, eh? Yep, she's been the ride or die. Um, Pretty much our relationship together has been, you know, uh, I'm her, her go-to, her golden child, um, pretty much her rock. And mm-hmm. she's been pretty much my my North Star, kind of just yeah. guiding me through life. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as I can remember, I know she's been your number one fan, supporter, Coach, or if you want to call her that, yeah, like yeah, everything, everything, definitely, definitely. <laughs> financial advisor. Yeah, like everything. It's yeah. That's the that's the part of mom, man. Mom's got to wear all the hats, and I know, yo, it's crazy. I, I and I think about it now. I'm like, dang, I don't know how she did it. Right, like the two of you. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you you don't notice that stuff when you're growing up until you get older. You're like, that's man, right. Yeah. Like this life thing is hard. Right. How is she doing that right. by herself and making it look kids? easy? <laughs> they always so, make it look easy. That's the scary part. Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of like they kind of they they kind of uh, keep you away from like knowing anything. It's like knowing that they're struggling yeah. or knowing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Man, what would you say some of the lessons are that she instilled in you? Um, that you still use today? In terms of uh, life or Yeah, just, just, life, just life lessons. Uh, well, she she did a really good job with me just minding my, uh, minding my manners, um, mm-hmm. being aware of where I'm at, um, you know, uh, how to carry myself in a room and not be someone where they're like, who raised that kid? Right. You know, right? Someone who's very respectful and kind of—I don't know. She's done. She's done a good job of of raising me in terms of where I see other people's moms. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're my moms now, just because of how she raised me. Right. So, um, she did a great job with uh, teaching me how to uh, save. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Nice. Nice. Uh, did a great job of keeping me organized and not all over the place. Maybe she might have did. Uh, she might have did too too good of a job because I'm a little OCD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if someone if someone moves something, I know exactly who moved it. Oh wow, and it's crazy because um. So one time she went to um, Barbados uh, for a vacation, mm-hmm. and um, Brie had. Brie had come back from the States and she was, she wasn't feeling well. So I was like, man, babe, I can't get sick right now. So you could have uh, the couch. I- I'll sleep in my mom's room. And I'm not lying to you, Derek. I like 
I put the blanket exactly how she had it, fluffed up the pillows exactly how she had it. When she came back, she was like, you were in my bed? <laughs> <laughs> how do you know? I know. How did she know? So it's funny, man. So I'm, I'm the same exact way. Like, so if someone wow. moves something, I know. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, we're having a conversation with Alex Johnson. Um, I know he mentioned Bree. Bree is his wife. So in case you hear the name in and out of the conversation, mm-hmm. I don't want to leave you out of the loop. Um, that's who he's referring to when he when he gives that name up. Um, now, did you always believe that you'd get as far as you have with this game? Uh, yeah, I had a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just from... The, the work I had put in and, I don't know, childhood dreams. Right. I think some, sometimes you, you feel there there's always that that distaste in your mouth when you, you don't achieve what you really wanted. Yeah. You know, everyone's kid's dream is to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. But um, I was blessed enough to be able to play professional for nine years. So I had wow. a good run. Wow. Um not sure if I'm done yet. My wife, I sometimes I say I'm done, and my wife's like, "You're not done. You're yeah. not done." <laughs> That's so. What's up. So just trying to trying to figure out uh, what else to because I I tell her I tell kids all the time, you know, one day the ball's gonna stop bouncing. Right. So what what's next? So just thinking about what's next, and um, I've been um uh, training uh. Uh, these two girls who are getting ready to go to Syracuse uh, for the fall. Nice. So it's been it's been fun doing that. Um, uh, I coached AAU uh, maybe in 2012. Okay. So that that was fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, I I kind of want to stay in the realm, but yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Right. 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 So. Well, that's good though. Um, what role do you think your mom had in your in your confidence, like growing up? How did she, you know, nurture that, or did she? And how did you sustain your confidence throughout, you know, your your childhood? Uh, the big thing for her was just being able to to work at what you wanted. So I remember I got cut from Team Ontario mm-hmm. when I was in grade seven, and I remember I was crying, and she was like, "Man." You better wipe them tears away. Like if you want something, you better go go back to the drawing board and figure out what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool, let's get it then. Oh. So it wasn't she was like, you could be sad in the moment, but uh, you got to get over it yeah. and figure out why did they cut you mm-hmm. and what are you going to do to be better. So wow, that was a big thing for me, and it definitely helped me um, along with just. In terms of, I was going to outwork everybody. Yeah. I was going to, you know, put in more work than the next person. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this golden era for you as well, which is Vaughn Road. Mm. <laughs> How was that experience like? That was a pretty good experience, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it, uh, Actually, crazy how we got there. Like me and uh, Ashley July, uh, one of my good friends. Yeah. We uh, we both had our our applications to go to Eastern Commerce. Oh wow. Yeah. So we were getting ready to leave to 
still take the bus to Eastern to hand them in. And then uh, Wilton Hall, he, he caught us and brought us into the community center, brought us into a room, grilled us for like an hour, <laughs> talking about, why do you want to go to Eastern? They already have a legacy. Why don't you come to Bond Road and build your own legacy? Uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, me and Ashley were like, yeah, let's let's do it. So wow. the very first Yeah. So, so that's how it happened. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Very first day we took the, the 90, 90 Bond bus to Bond Road. Yeah. And it was a white dude on the bus, uh Max Shona. He goes, Hey man, I heard about these uh these two guys, these two point guards that are supposed to be coming to Bond Road. They're supposed to be pretty good. You know them? <laughs> and I remember me and Ashley looking at each other like, oh, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> so that was a, a little fun moment for us. But nice. <laughs> it was good. Um, Grade nine, it was, um, uh, it was a little different because Ashley, Ashley got to play on the senior team right away. I guess his, Wilson seen his game as more uh, developed, more mature, and then he wanted me to play junior. Uh, the advantage that I had was the junior team was mine, so mm-hmm. it wasn't. I didn't have to, you know, yeah, trying to fight with anybody for playing time. It was here's here's the keys to the ship, or here's it. the keys to the, to the car. That's you it. run it how you want it. So I think that that year playing junior really helped me. Uh, it was definitely. Uh, uh, a blessing to have just because the next year when we came back when it was me and Ashley in the backcourt yeah. I was way more way more developed way more matured right. and ready for that wow um, we ended up winning what four West West championships West District championships with Von Rhodes and they hadn't won a championship since the 1940s that's a legacy right there yeah um Ended up going to AFSA Double uh, A our first year. Ended up losing in the championship game. Uh, but that was a tough game. We ended up losing by five, I think. Yeah. And then the next year we came back, went to Triple A AFSA, lost to Catholic Central on a. It was it was some craziness. <laughs> like I, it was some craziness how we lost that game. Like to be honest, yeah. Like it's it's an L, but I don't even count it because it was crazy. So we we're playing and we're we're up by I think we're up by one or something. Mm-hmm. So uh Sanjay comes down, he shoots a three, misses. I'm like, damn, man. All right, cool. So they come down, uh we had foul, so they, they made one of two. So we came back. Uh boom. We uh we missed the we missed the layup. So then Sanjay comes, he's like, Don't worry, I'm gonna get it back. I was like, All right, cool. So he's being up the guy, boom, gets the steal, throws it to me. I throw it to Ashley. This the, at this point there's like five seconds on the clock, down by one. Ashley goes to the middle of the or the front of the rim, layup. This is for game. So Ashley puts it up, dude on Catholic Central goes, puts his hand through the mesh and blocks it. Whoa. Yeah. That's a basket. Yeah, so and uh. that's how 
look, I'm about to do this. Yeah. Come with me. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody has the same visions. Not everyone has the same plan. So yeah. Yeah. that was always tough, too, because um, I don't want to speak on his situation, but Ashley was definitely, like, one of my guys. And, like, he was, at the time, especially when us coming into Von Road, I definitely, people would say, like, he was better than me. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I was starting to grow and mature and develop, like, I was trying to get him. Like, hey, bro, let's go to the gym. Yeah. And, he, you know, at the time, I said, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm chilling, bro. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's tough because, you you know, you see yourself, you know, starting to, because you, you see yourself starting to grow and you see stuff, uh, stuff starting to happen. So you're like, man, this is dope right here. Yeah. It's about to happen. Hey, man, come on. Ashley, you see what's going on? Yeah. So... It's kind of like the old saying, like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's funny, because when I think about his situation, too, is um, he was he was different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, he had, I, I find, like, he reminded me a little bit of me in the sense that he has, he had too many creative outlets. Mm. Right? Like, he was talented in so many different ways that I don't think the game was his priority. Mm. that's good you know what I mean like I think about that yeah. because I went through the same thing where I was just like like I was literally posed the question which which would I choose arts or basketball mm-hmm. and I chose arts mm-hmm. and the minute I made that decision like you know I verbalized it to the person that asked I'm not going to put their name out there but everything changed for me that year that season mm-hmm as far as whether I was starting or my minutes changed and, and so forth. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I was being honest with you. And this <laughs> is, this is the, the payback. And I, I knew it right away because even like, you know, conversations that we would normally have, we weren't having anymore. So I'm like, Whoa, okay. So I either have to be one of these guys or there's no room. Mm-hmm. And that was just it. Like, it was just interesting because it was me and, um, Livity, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So we were pretty much the, the, the one to punch. And I was 17 that summer, um, that year going into the summer. And so I said, okay, I want to go to the Eastern Invitational Camp. Mm-hmm. There was no opportunities for me, quote unquote, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then I find out that Livity is going, like fully paid for. Sheesh. That's crazy. So I was like, okay. So I said, all right, I'm going to go. I'm just not going to go on, you know, other people's dime. Yeah, for sure. So I put money together. I kid you not. And I paid for my invitation the following week after he comes back, I go. Mm -hmm. And I took the bus, the coach got there, Syracuse, did the whole thing. Loved it because my week is when Marbury came over. Okay. As one of the coaches and and whatnot, right? You know, they, they usually bring a guest. And and he was one of the players I'm looking at because I was like, yo, Georgia Tech is looking nice. Mm-hmm. And when I found out that he's he's literally just did a one and done, I was like, beautiful, because that was actually an opportunity for me there. But they didn't have arts. Oh, OK. And so they, and, and that was a deal breaker for me. There was it Dang. was. Yeah. So it was it was I was going to get a, an opportunity to go there on a partial. But then I was like. Now nah, they have no arts. I'm like, nope, not interested. And then I looked into another um, school. It's like a, a smaller school called Harding. 
and they had mm-hmm. arts, but they couldn't give me anything with the sports. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to pay my way, and I, and I did the math. I'm like, wait a minute, that's 20 grand US. <laughs> I said, nah. <laughs> I did a conversion. I was like, nope. <laughs> Right. That was it. And that was it was clear day for me. It was like if the school I was going to did not have anything to do with arts, I wasn't going because I knew I couldn't just go there for ball. Like because my heart didn't, you know, vibe with ball like that. Like I was more into my art. So I'm like, you know, I can't sacrifice that. Go there and be miserable just to lose out and come back. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed something to keep me there and basketball wasn't going to do it for me. So I was like, uh, so I can see him like in retrospect, obviously you're looking at it because your peers are doing well. You were doing great. And he's looking at it. He had his moments. I mean, we spoke about Humber and his, his challenges there and everything mm-hmm. else. So I can see exactly what you're talking about because you're trying to bring them along. Yeah. But, you know, you're thinking, wait, you have the skill, you're talented, you're blah, blah. You should come along. But. What we also don't realize is that might not be their dream, like you said earlier, right? Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And so that could be a part of it too. But yeah, it's it's very interesting because I also um it's yeah. like you feel you feel I felt like even like sometimes when so that I, I would come back after my first year and I came back, I remember going to, you know, his parents' house and we were in the basement. And you feel that that, that certain type of guilt, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like like the uh, I don't know what it's called. Not it's kind of not survivor's remorse, but something similar. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like dang man, you're supposed to be here too, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, feel me? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's dope though, man. Like it's now why why what drives you? Like why do you keep playing? Just the passion, my love for the game. It's it's always been, you know, anytime I step on the floor, it just feels like all the problems disappear and it's just it's just like I was a little kid out out uh out on the court with Josh again. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Cause I always wondered like what gets you up, you know, to go and train the way you guys do and and do all those preps and, and all those workouts. It's crazy. Like, sometimes you're doing two yeah. or three in a day. Man, it, I don't know. It just, you just feel better, especially, like, you know, you come from a, you come from the gym and you just worked out and you got the rest of the day to yourself. You're like, man, mm. it's a good workout, man. You know, the yeah. rest of the day is going to be, it's going to be blessed. It's going to be a good day today, guys. <laughs> How did you uh how did you land at uh, Cal State Bakersfield? Uh Coach Rowe. So uh Coach Rowe uh, got me uh official visit there. Uh probably it was late too when I signed. I think I signed July twenty ninth or something. Mm. So it was like a late bloomer and I was def- definitely excited for the opportunity and was happy because I had been sitting for a while not knowing if I was going to go to college. Right, right. Wow. How was that process like? Uh, the whole uh, university, waiting for a university? Yeah, like you were sitting there, you're waiting, and then he comes around with this opportunity. How did that make you feel? And, and you know, even getting uh, the visit. Like, uh, excited. You mean, even like the whole visit because you, you dream of that, you know, uh, as a kid, you're like, man, like I want to go on a visit. Like, 
you know, you, you watch He Got Game, and you're like, man, that's dope, man. <laughs> so um, I had gone on a couple of visits already to some Canadian schools, so I'm like, you know, I was like, they were cool, mm-hmm. but, like, you want to see what's on the other side. Right. So, um, and especially back in the day, like, we were doing everything, like, putting together DVDs and sending yeah. them to a million schools. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, at, at the time, uh, the U.S. didn't think, like, Canadians could hoop. So it was like, man, what is this they're sending us? Right, right. And what were what were some of the challenges you experienced as a student athlete um, at the college level that people may not know about? Right? What are some of the obstacles or challenges that you guys go through? Uh, just as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, one thing I will say that I was I was really prepared going into college, and it was it was it was weird because uh, uh, after grade nine there was this thing at Ron Road called uh, Interact Program. Mm-hmm. So basically, they set up your schedule for um, your outside commitment. So whatever you do, they're going to set up a schedule. So for example, I had all my classes in the morning, nothing in the afternoon. So uh, when I was in grade 10, that's how it was set up. Mm. Morning classes, nothing in the afternoon. So I could work on hoop in the afternoon or do whatever. But I think Doing that program, it helped me prepare me for university because that's exactly how university was. Mm. So a lot of the the things that you struggle with, with student athletes struggle with um, going to university is time management. They don't know how to manage their time. They're like, dang, I got all this time to do this. You know, right. I ain't got to do all, all the, I don't got to do school work till so-and-so. Mm-hmm. So, so they lose track of time and that's how they get left behind in classes. So. When I got to school, it was like I had already gone through that phase of, oh, I got all this time. And then when all the work started piling up, I was like, damn, I don't have all this time. So I figured out like how to manage the uh, the school and then the basketball. So when I got to university, it was just like, oh, I'm back in Interact again. Oh, this is easy. So it wasn't that big of a jump for me there. Um, it was, But I, I can see why some student athletes get caught up in that, whether it's they don't know how to manage their time. Right, right. Um, I would say it's weird too because um, I think uh, the mindset I went in with uh, going into college, like I wasn't on no, yo, this is my team. I was on the, my mindset was like, hey man, I already know how it goes. You know, freshmen probably don't play. So you're probably going to, you know, I might get a five minutes here of, uh, 10 minutes on a good day. Yeah. So I was going in with a, like, you guys don't, I, like, I'm going to work hard, but you guys don't owe me anything. Like, if you want to play me, like, I'm going to take advantage. But so when um, I started playing well, um, the minutes just came. Nice. Like, I ended up starting uh, maybe half the games nice. uh, halfway through the season. So um, I think the only thing that uh, that hit me was probably uh, the injury. So I, I dislocated my shoulder my freshman year and then having to just sit mm. and just watch, that was tough for me. Right. Was that the only injury you suffered? Nah, I tore my ACL yeah. uh, start of my junior year. And how was that? Like, how was the mental prep for that chapter? Uh, like, how did you get uh, that through was, that? That was tough, man. To be honest, that's actually where my testimony was. Um, 
the ACL was tough because uh, we had we had a schedule of like we were excuse me we were playing a lot of uh, big big uh, universities that year like UCLA New Mexico mm. um, so it was like a, a jam packed schedule so I was like dang I ain't gonna get to play in none of those games so that was tough and then I think um, the first two months after surgery like I was depressed so. I was doing stuff out of the ordinary, like uh, drinking Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Serious. And then, yeah. And then, like, like missing practice, not going to the games, like just in a dark place. And then, um, actually, uh, one of my assistant coaches is actually, he's actually, he's become famous now because he was on uh, Last Chance U. Okay. Uh, his name is uh, John Mosley. No way. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. I just I just watched that. Yeah, bro. Cool ass coach. Are you kidding me? Nah, I'm not kidding you, bro. That is so dope. I literally yeah. just finished watching that season. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty good it was a pretty good I wish they got they could have played the championship, but Man. anyway, so so um he's a Christian. Yeah. So, he comes to me and he was like, um, Alex, I know you're a Christian, so uh, I want to ask you something. Like, how can you tell people about Jesus if you're always drunk? And like, when he said those words, like, I didn't hear Mosey, but I, I felt like I heard God and it mm-hmm. like woke me up. And mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I got to get back right. So like, stop drinking, stop doing all the clubbing, stop sleeping around and like went back to, uh, went back to rehab. And just started focusing on like what I do. Like yeah. I'm gonna work hard. And I think like I think a big thing with that was um so the I think the first two months of why I was depressed was because that doubt thing that's in your mind, like, mm-hmm. man, am I gonna be able to play again or right. am I gonna be as good? So after the surgery, the doctor had told me he was like, Yo, everything's good, like the surgery went well, but I wanna let you know like you're not gonna be as good as you once were. So, like, to hear that, you're like, what? Like, I'm not trying to hear that right now. Right. Don't tell me that. Yeah. But when uh, when Coach John Mosey talked to me, it, it clicked. Like, you're right, hey, You're not going to be as good as you once were. You're going to be better than that. Mm-hmm. So that was my focus moving forward. So I was like, all right, cool. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I, I appreciate you sharing that story because I think people need to hear that. Like, they think, you know, from the outside looking in, all we see are the highlights, the games, and the success. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you are south of the border, you're wearing that uniform, and and you're doing your thing. But people don't know what you have to do to get on that stage. Definitely. Right? That journey to get on that stage, if you're listening, pay attention to that. Because the game is the game. It's going to go on with or without you. But Definitely. if you want to be a part of it, and you want to be on that stage and shine the way that he shined, it you got to put in the work. You got to, you got to get dirty. You got to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, give something up. Definitely. Right. And a lot of the things that he's given up is what we, you know, you know, we kind of, we kind of dabble in and play with it and, and we don't take it serious. And that's the the luxuries of life, the privileges, mm-hmm. you know, the parties that this is hanging out. that's just socializing. Meanwhile, your, your competition if there is one, if it's not just you, but I mean, you know, the other guy across the hall is like doing his crunches or doing 
his ball handling in the gym. He's doing his sprints or working on his game or whatever they're working on. Meanwhile, you're just partying, hanging out with friends and you expect to have the same level of success he has. Mm -hmm. It's true. And it's like, you got to do something uh, that somebody else wouldn't do. So like, I remember like even coming back, like I was doing rehab with the training staff at, at school. And then I was, I had a pool in an apartment I stayed at. Like, I ordered, like, swimming shoes. And, like, I was doing defensive slides. I was, you know, doing a cut in the pool. I was working out by myself. I was like, man, I can't just depend on the one session to help me get back to where I need to be. Like, right. I got to go above and beyond. And I remember uh, coming back to the doctor at uh, at five months, and he was like, man, like, your knee looks really good. Like, like I'm going to... You're clear to do, uh, you know, contact or whatever you you need to do. Like I'm clearing you. Like it looks good right now. And I, I remember telling them, like, Nah, I'm not ready yet. My mental's not ready yet. I mm -hmm. think I'm gonna I'm gonna take another six months. Mm -hmm. So I took the whole year, and then the next six months, I started doing like, um, uh, more of like functional uh, lifting. So right. like more like plyometric stuff. So mm -hmm. I, I hired a I hired a dude that worked with the Lakers. And I would go to him 7 a.m. and just do that. Wow. Yeah. Man, so what brought on the transfer to uh, NC State? Uh, so my coaches had gotten fired. And mm -hmm. then um, uh, just seeing, like, uh, some of my peers on TV, I was like, man, I want to play it. I want to play on TV. I want to play in the NCAA tournament. So. Nice. I had called Coach Rowe and I was like, man, you got to make it happen, you know. Got one more year and I would love to play in the NCAA tournament. Nice. It's crazy how many schools had hit me up. Like some, some of the schools were like Florida State, uh, NC State, Utah State, Butler. And I was like, man, where wow. were you guys when I was in high school? Right. <laughs> it's funny. So, wow. but, um, I chose NC State just because um, the visit I had taken there, it, it was it was all love there. Just like even like getting off the plane, like fans had already, fans and supporters had already known, known who I was. Like, wow. like, I'm not even lying. Like stepping off the plane, they're like, hey, Superman Johnson, welcome. I was like, what? <laughs> How do you know who I am? <laughs> How you guys do your research, huh? That's incredible. No, and okay. Then, um, Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you. Finish, finish, and then I'll, I'll, I'll interject. Um, so, um, thing was my host when I came up there, uh, Julius Hodge. Oh. And, yeah. So, he he we had played runs and everything, and then he had said after, he's like, man, if you don't come here, you're an idiot. I was like, oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Now, um, this is the fan in me. This is I'm geeking out right now with this question I'm going to ask you. What mm -hmm. was... March Madness experience like? Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like, everything you could envision, it was. Like, from, you know, the private jet going to the, you know, where we're going to play. And then we had, um, you know, massages after the game or, you know what I mean? You wow. know, a personal chef and nice hotel rooms. Serious. It was just like just the atmosphere was just like 
it was everything that you see on TV. Nah, but I don't see that side on TV. I didn't see no private jets. <laughs> uh, but I'm saying, like, just like the, the energy that you see, like... I can't like, even oh. process, but what is it like for you as a player when you step on the court and that noise, like, the, I mean, is it louder than your regular season Oh, games? yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. I mean, I mean, we played uh, Kansas in the Sweet 16. Yeah. And I think there was maybe one section that, that was red and white and everything else was blue and white. Wow. Blue and white. And like, just because of the noise they were making, it was shaking the bleachers. It was coming onto the floor. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. I think, I think there's probably only one other game and that was like at, when we played at State, when we played Syracuse, when they were number one in the country. Then we had twenty three thousand there, and it was loud as hell. It was that was similar to that. Are you looking for the finishing touch to wash day, a special occasion, or just a play date? Graham Bear has you covered. We offer a wide selection of accessories. You will love our plant based hair clips and fabric bows, bow ties for Daddy and me, and our best selling turban headbands which are perfect for your mommy and me looks. We're a Canadian-based handmade shop. Our products are made to order with love, care, and attention to details. We offer fast local and international shipping. Our accessories are made for making memories in. Visit us at grahambear.ca for all your family accessory needs. Follow us on Instagram at grahambear to see our products in action, know about promos and contests. Be sure to use promo code DAPS10, that's D-A-P-S-10, for 10% off your next purchase. Listen, if you just tuned in, we're talking to Alex Johnson, Superman Johnson, to be exact. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're just chopping it up. We're talking about his journey from Lawrence Heights all the way to uh, NC State and his experience with March Madness. Um, Again, if it's your first time tuning into the show, make sure you subscribe. Like, you know, um, we're going to give out his social uh, media in the in near closest to the end. We'll get him to give you all that information just to continue the conversation. If you're an athlete yourself working on your game um, and, you know, if he has time, I'm sure you can hit him up on social media. He can probably give you some guidance or advice on how to, you know, maybe take your next move. Um, I don't know what his schedule is like for training, but if he has that opportunity available to you or if he has a coach that he can connect you with, um, if he's not available, then, you know, that's also another avenue um, for you to get some some help with your game and whatnot. But, I mean, this is awesome. Now, <laughs> now I'm curious because, obviously, I've never experienced this. I don't know anyone who's gone through it personally. So I'm going to obviously take advantage of this opportunity here. What's the process like to get an agent to say I'm going pro? Um, Usually, the process was... So there's um so sometimes your coach will say, Hey, uh I got a couple guys that are interested. Um if you want to talk with them, just let me know. Or uh he'll give your contact to the coach will give your contact to the agent. Okay. So I maybe had a couple agents hit me up after uh NC State. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, a learning experience. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have did my research in terms of 
like who to go with, what to do. You know, that, that realm was like different for me. Mm-hmm. So there was a NC, NC State agent and he <clears throat> pretty much takes care of all the NC State guys. And like, I remember turning him down. There was another guy uh, from uh, uh, North Carolina. I turned him down. I don't know why I signed with the guy from Florida. He He's not an agent anymore now. He's I guess he's a doctor. He turned agent to doctor. Oh, wow. Yeah, but so what it's are, crazy. What are some of the things that you needed to know? So, basically, it was, um, uh, for example, the agent from Florida, he, he told me everything I wanted to hear. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're we, we going to get you some pre-jab, uh, some NBA pre-jab workouts. Uh, We're going to do this, uh, some summer league. Oh, uh, you know, you just played in Sweet 16, so you probably make 5000 your first uh your first job. So you're like, oh, word? Okay, I like that. I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the other guys were just keeping it real with you. So keeping it real. Hey, um, you know, worked with a lot of NC State guys. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to get you a job. Um, I'm going to work hard, da, da, da. But mm-hmm. you don't hear what the first agent was saying. So you're just like, Huh? Yeah. So I wish I would have known going into it, like agents are going to tell you what you want to hear. Right. So, right. So yeah. in that sense, should have done my research. All right. He says he, he can do this and that. All right. Let me go ahead and look on the client list. Let me see where some of his players are playing at right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for an agent, do your research. Where Look at his clients where they are playing at right now. And then also, you don't want to go to someone who's managing all the top guys because if they're managing all the top guys, that means they might not have time for you. Right. So right. you might get pushed to the back. So you want to find someone that kind of, you know, not too big, not too small, but just right, who can focus on your career as well as whatever your endeavors are. Wow. And so the, the the agent's job is to get you a contract or a job. And mm-hmm. do you pay them up front or do they get paid once a deal has been brokered? So usually uh, the deal, uh, they get paid on uh, once the deal is done. So either uh, each paycheck, you'll give them 10% or sometimes they'll sign a deal uh, with the club where the club takes care of the agent fee. So you don't got have it. to worry about it. Got it. Got it. Wow. Man, were you were you anxious about turning pro? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's the the next best thing. You're thinking, man, just finished school. All right, cool. Now now I turn pro and you know make this money. <laughs> what was the reality? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that not what I had envisioned. So, so okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Tell me this. What did you envision, first of all? What were, like, the ballpark numbers that you were thinking of? And then so, what was the actual numbers? <laughs> okay, so, for example. So, I, and it, it's crazy because these are the learning, the learning or the growing pains you got to go through. So, my coach, actually, uh, one of my coaches, John Clare, he was a coach that I had trained with uh, back in Toronto. He got me a gig. He goes, hey, uh, first job, you'll go to Finland for $3,000. So 
in, in my mind, I'm like, damn, that's pretty good. Like, let me go ahead. I ain't seen $3,000 out of college. I ain't make no money. Go ahead and jump on that. <laughs> but, wait, wait. $3,000 for the season? $3,000 a month. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool. So I, I tell that to my agent. Hey, uh, you know, I'm going to go with, with this right here, 3000 That's pretty good. You know, good starter for you know, fresh out of college, that's pretty good. Uh, he's gonna go. Oh, that offers shit. I can get you. I can get you five thousand. What? So, yeah. Oh man, that's a lot of stress. Yeah. So as a as a you know, fresh out of college, you not knowing like five thousand dollars your first job coming out of college. If you're not uh, a potential NBA draft pick or played on that caliber, mm-hmm. it's hard to get 5000 your first job. Okay. So if you don't have that, if you didn't play NBA Summer League or had a, a bunch of NBA draft workouts, then 5000 for your first job coming out of college, that's going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. So be, being greedy, I'm like, shoot. All right, you say you get 5000 Let's play and get 5000 then. You feel me? Let's make this money. And it sucks because I didn't make five thousand my first my first job. I made fifteen hundred. Wow. Yes. A went month. to yes. Went to Romania. <laughs> uh first first division Romania. Made fifteen hundred. Man, for how long though? Uh eight months. Wow. That's nothing. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. So that was that was tough. And wait, that and was, you still gotta pay rent and all that. For when we go over there? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, they cover so, they cover, cover your living. Cover your living, uh, provide you with a car. Uh so pretty much all you're just stacking money. Okay, so, that's not too bad. That's not good. That's not bad. Fifteen hundred US. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Not bad. So uh, that was a learning experience for me, you know. And I tell, I try to tell uh, the younger kids now, hey, don't chase after the money, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, try to go for somewhere where you know you're gonna. Because even that first job for me, I didn't end up get, I didn't end up getting paid all my money. Oh, for real? And you hear about stories about that, like you going over the country, the team stops paying you, and then you're like, damn. Okay. But why? Why would they stop paying you? Is there a reason behind that or so when you're when you're losing games, uh the, the clubs get frustrated, uh, we don't have the money, da da da. Or they, they'll say, Oh, you need to win these games to get your bread. Wow. Just, just how yeah, just how it works over there. Wow, they're like hustling too. Yes, yes. So mm. I ended up ended up losing out on maybe four months. Of of my of my check. Wait, so, so you I, played you played the whole eight months, but you practically only got paid for the four. Yeah. Wow, that's tough. Yeah. So, and especially coming out your first year, you don't expect that to happen. Yeah. You're like, so like that kind of left like a bad taste in my mouth. I'm just like, man, I don't even want to go back over there, man. That's some bullshit. Right. I don't want to deal with that again. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Man. So then, uh, so it, 
I think about it to this day too when you're like, man, like what what would what would life have been like if you would have been not greedy, A, and you'd have been like, nah, man. You tell it because the agent works for you. You don't work for the agent. Right. So if there's something you don't like, you tell him, nah, we're not doing that. I don't care about five thousand. Right. I want this right here because this 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 is gonna set me up to uh this this right this situation right here is gonna set me up for my career. So you're like, all right, cool. We'll do that then. Wow. So I wish I would have known that going in, but yeah. like like we said again, we grew up in a, a neighborhood where we didn't get the blueprint for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. So I even mean, now Go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, no, go for it. Go for it. I was saying, uh, even now, like, um, there's a young boy from uh, from Jungle that I, I'll be working out with and kind of just mentoring him, um, Tamar McKnight. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, he'll send me uh, his agent contract and be like, yo, hey, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of this agent? And, like, I'll try and mentor him. I'll be like, hey, man, I don't think you should go with this guy. The contract says this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I looked at the client list. I don't know none of those guys on there. Mm-hmm. None of those guys are playing, or you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So just trying to give him the tools that I didn't have, right? So he doesn't make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah. Nah, that's that's dope. That's dope. I mean, that's that's what it's supposed to be about. You know what I mean? But some people like to hoard information and for sure and not share. So we got to go. It's crazy it. too, man. <laughs> if, if there's a, there's enough pie for everybody. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem that is the problem man but the lesson the lesson I mean there's a lot of lessons one that really sticks out for me was when you said don't chase the money because mm-hmm. it's true you chase the money and then when you do get it you may not be happy I mean that's everything in life like you chase the money for sure. you get it but you may not be happy because some of the wealthiest people or the richest people are depressed yeah you know, you still have people who have an abundance of money and they're either committing suicide or harming themselves or like they're just not happy. You know, so you can't you can't it can't be about the money. It's got to be something more. It's got to be greater than the money because the money will come. Mm-hmm. For know? sure. And that and that's what I wish I would have known, you yeah. know, going into the because you you want to jump so, so far before, you know. Mm-hmm. Actually, going the steps like like three thousand your first job that's pretty good coming right. out if you're uh, fresh out of college that's pretty good three thousand US solid yeah. I would say you know take that and build on it so you have a a crazier now you can maybe jump from three to five or yeah. three to six or something like that you know what I mean yeah instead of being like oh yeah man let me go ahead and get this five now. Yeah, and then before you know it, you didn't even get the five. You, you know, yeah, <laughs> you got you didn't even get the full amount of what you were supposed to get. You no. know, you got four months worth instead of eight. So, so, yeah, but that's that's a great lesson though. I want people to keep that in mind too. Um, I want to switch gears a bit. I want to get all up in your business in this next portion here. I want to talk about your relationship with your wife, um, mm-hmm. and and I think that's important just because of what's happening in the world today. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's, it's in our face. I'm talking about race. I'm talking about, um, you know, everything that's gone, gone on the last year or two. And obviously if you look back in history and whatnot, but 
you're in an interracial um, relationship or marriage, right? So I want to kind of get your experience because I haven't been in one. And so I don't know what it feels like to be in that situation with the rest of the world, either looking at you when you go into certain spaces and, and how do you manage those types of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind, have you experienced any challenges or had a difficult conversation with your partner about that? Uh, not so much difficult uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bree has been, she's well-informed and she's, as she likes to say, she's woke. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think the one the one time where I felt like kind of uneasy, uncomfortable was when we, were, we went to uh, South Carolina for a weekend mm-hmm. with um, her dad and uh, his wife. And just like the stares from people and, you know, the, the mumbling and, you know, you just mm-hmm. feel out of place. It's like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> was that was that the first time you actually been in that situation? Yeah. How did that feel like? Like, like internally, like how did your internal organisms, like, I mean, like, how did you actually feel? Was it, was it frustration? Was it anger? Was it? Like, what was it? Like, if you can describe that feeling. I, I don't know. If it, I don't know if I can describe it. It just felt uneasy. different. It was just, yeah, it felt uneasy, kind of just like, um, I was like, damn, people are really still doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, really? Like, people haven't grown? But yeah. so, it was kind of like, it, was, it felt like one of those situations where you're like, all right, cool. I'm a, I'm gonna suck it up this one time, but I don't think I'm coming back. Right. Like you know, when you go somewhere, you're like, oh gosh, I don't want to be here. And you're like, yeah. I'm gonna suck it up, but I ain't coming back. And was that something that you mentioned to your? Was she your wife at the time, or your your no, fiance? No, she, she was just my uh, just my girlfriend at the time. So is that something that you mentioned with her after the experience, or no? Oh yeah, yeah. I, and she 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 knew. Hmm. So she was, like, asking me, like, throughout the night, like, are you good? Like, are, is everything okay? Like, I was like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. It's tough, too, because um, I felt like in the moment, I was just like, man, I'm going to just kind of just try to block out that noise and kind of just focus on her and focus on the night. Right. I kind of try to, you know how we always do, just kind of brush it off and yeah. don't let it, yeah. don't let it get to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I figured out. I, I wondered if you've gone through that. And was that the only time or is there another experience similar to that? Um, I don't think I don't think not in not in person, but I know um I know for sure um after our video went viral, mm-hmm. just reading the comments and people going off and uh all of that stuff, all the oh, for real, eh? Oh man, if you if you would have went on the comments, uh, I think they might still be up there on YouTube. There's like people talking, wow. and like, yeah, and Bree would, Bree would read them, and I had to tell her to stop reading them. Like, babe, stop reading those. Like, right. stop. Who cares what they say? Stop focusing on that. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, it was brutal. And now, like, were they more? Di- of- Sorry, were they more directed to you or or your relationship? 
just the relationship. Uh, okay. A couple, a couple of them would would be calling, like call me the N word and right. da da da, stealing all our women, or or some of them would be from the the, the black community. Oh, why why are you settling for this? Right, right. And it's kind of like ah, you know. Yeah, and so did you guys ever get a chance to kind of have a conversation about? those comments? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and how, to get, how to get through it? Like, what was that like? Um, go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking you have to pick each other up. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, we told each other, too, like, like just because there's so much, there was so much, especially on, at the time our proposal went viral on Willstar. Yeah. And, at the time, there was so much negativity on that. Like, I had to tell Bree to not read the comments on Worldstar. Oh. Just just because, like, you get to a place where you're just, like, you feel like you're fighting the person online. Like, mm-hmm. why, are we, why are we wasting energy? Why are we wasting time trying to justify our relationship to them? Right. Like, they don't define us. They don't define our relationship. Right. So why are we even wasting time? Yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of our conversations came from that, like not focusing on that. Nice, nice. And has any of your friendships, or I mean, or people that you considered friends, did they create a distance between you and them because of your relationship, or none of that happened for you guys? Not, not any, not any of the relationships that I know of. Okay. And if if I if I did, I I don't know about them to this day. Yeah. Man, and so you had. Did people make you feel like you betrayed your ethnicity, your race, because of your relationship? Some of the, some of the comments talked about that on, oh, okay. on YouTube, and uh, oh, you're not you're not down with black people, and like what? Right, right. You don't know my so, story. <laughs> yeah, like it's like what? Are you guys serious? You don't even know who I am. Right, right. Man, then so, I know the world can be a cruel place. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, for sure. And we, we see that on a regular basis, especially now where everything, you don't watch the TV for news, you watch your phone, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so how do you think, because you're, you're becoming a father, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're expecting and so congratulations on that, first of all. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's exciting and it's nerve-wracking at the same time. Yeah, I remember that day. Like, definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, before I get to that, I just want to know, like, you know, how do you think your kids will self-identify in, in, in this world today? Because everybody's making race such a big thing when it's, I mean... Historically, if you look at it, it's a social construct. So it's not even a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's created to separate people. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, and how do you think, yeah, how do you think your kids are going to self-identify uh, in this world? Well, I, I think because we're, we're uh, me and, well, I'm black and breeze white, they're going to be both. So I feel like they have to identify with both parts. You know, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to have the talk about, uh, you know, being a black boy in North America, yeah. um, especially in the United States, being able to always carry your ID and, you know, 
of that, but also kind of correlating with Bree as well and her uh, and her race. Right. Like the best of both worlds. Like we're not just going to be like, yo, you're black and that's it. No, mm-hmm. you're going to know both parts. Right. And and the challenge, the challenge that they're going to have to face. Um, and I think it's picking a side. Well, they're not going to pick a side. The world's going to make them pick a side. Yeah. Right. Because they're going to look at them without knowing who they are, just like they're doing to you now and say, hey, you are this. Mm-hmm. Right. So if if he's got curly or, you know, she's got curly hair, that's, you know, a little kinky. They're going to say, well, you're black. Right. <laughs> if if you know, if he or she has, you know, your lips or um, whatever the case might be, they're going to, you know, if her or his skin tone is a little on the brown side, they're going to say, nope, you're automatically black, right? And that's going to be the part where they're going to struggle with. And I think that's where you guys come in and, and you know, making sure that the foundation is set for them as far as identity, because a lot of parents, I, I realize only as an adult, I realize this, a lot of parents dependent on people outside the home mm-hmm. to raise their kids. Definitely. Right. And I mean, like the teachers and the, you know, the counselors at camps and whatever else they send their kids. And I'm thinking, no, like study shows the first seven years of a child's life is where you have to establish the foundation as an adult, like as a parent. If you don't instill those values and you come to them at age eight, you miss the boat. Yeah, you know, so and that's what I mean. So I think that's where you guys have to come in and let them know as, as often as possible that this is who you are and the world's going to tell you, you know, oh, otherwise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I agree. You know, and if you can prepare them as best as you can during those those years, I don't think you have anything to worry about. But but it, it's definitely going to be a conversation you guys are going to have on a regular basis just because the world is what it is. Yeah. You know. It's crazy, too, because you're like, man, it's... it's it, I think back in our day, it was kind of shielded. But now with uh, technology, yes. everything being assess- accessible, um, it's just right in front of your face. There's no more shield. There's yeah. no more hiding. It's yeah. just right out in the open. Yeah. And I think it, it's our lived experiences, too, made us a little bit more um, stronger as far as emotionally. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though we, we dealt with with trauma differently than kids do now, I think we settled our issues differently. Like we would fight as opposed to going to a gun. For sure. Right. For we, sure. We would fight if it's for two weeks. We didn't like each other. We would fight every time we saw each other. But no one would think about, oh, let me just take him out of the like the world, like end his life. That's crazy. And, like, how can you live with that on your conscience? Right. Right. And that's the thing. Yeah. No one no one can ever tell you about the other side because I don't want to be the one to kill somebody and then come and tell you about it. Yeah. But it's unfortunate because they do it and then they have to live with that. Yeah. And then remorse. And it's like, but it's too late. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's the difference. I feel like besides, you know, when that shield came down for us or for them, they didn't know how to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. They also you have to keep in mind they, had, they a lot of these kids are raised by teen moms. Definitely. So while they were, you know, growing up, their moms were either Girl. in the clubs or 
trying to, you know, make ends meet the best they knew how, but it wasn't the same way, you know, your mom and my mom were, were making ends meet, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a part of it too, because they haven't actually experienced what a grown adult lifestyle looks like. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's unfortunate, but you're, you're absolutely right. Um, thank you for actually diving into that. I really appreciate you, you know, um, sharing that, that experience with me. Um, cause I always wondered, you know, if, if, those things apply to you. Um, and, and I've only heard the stories from, you know, my brother's side with his dating experiences, but that's about it. And so I want to kind of pick your brain about that. I appreciate mm-hmm. you um, allowing yeah. that. No problem. So I got a segment here called um, thinking out loud, right? I'm going to ask you a random question. Okay. And I want your initial response um, <laughs> to it without any deep thought. All right. Okay. Here he goes. Would you rather remain your current age, how you are right now, physically in your shape, physical shape forever, or your financial situation currently forever? Uh, I take physical. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Why didn't you choose the financial one? <laughs> I think I think my physical is a little bit better than the financial at this moment. Oh, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a small little segment I like to have fun with. Uh, giving those ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous questions. Um, um, and how long you you mentioned you've been with your wife? What? Four years as married, but how long did you guys date before that? Uh, three years. Oh, nice. So seven in total. Mm-hmm. How did you guys meet? Uh, NC Pro Am. Uh, came. Uh, it was actually my first time in North Carolina. Mm. Uh, they brought me down and said, "Oh yeah, there's a pro am." Uh, Jerry Stackhouse ran it, mm-hmm. and um, remember playing playing in the game, and um, she was staring at me. And usually, like you know, when people stare at you, yeah, they kind of they kind of look away to be like, oh yeah, I'm not staring at you. Mm-hmm. She didn't look away. <laughs> she had no shame, staring, not looking away. Like I want you to know, I'm looking at you. Wow. So wait, wait. This is your version of the story. Is she gonna tell a different version? <laughs> no, she'll she'll tell you the same. <laughs> Okay, okay. And then um, I remember subbing out of the game, and she goes, so I always say, she said, uh, you have beautiful eyes, but she always corrects me. She said, Bree goes, no, I said you had nice eyes. (laughs) 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 But so coming out of the game and someone saying that to you, it's like, it's weird. So I'm like, oh, thanks. (laughs) So then, um, after the game, uh, I'm talking to or one of my one of my guys uh, that was on the squad, uh, Lorenzo Brown, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Hey, bro, you know I got game, right?" He's like, "Bro, what are you talking about?" I was like, "Watch this. I'm about to wave to that girl, and she's gonna wave back to me." He's like, <laughs> "No, he's like, yes." He's like, "Get out of here, bro. You, you're crazy." All right, all right, all right, cool. So I, I, 
you know, I put up my hand to give like the, the cool wave, like, hey, what's up? Yeah. So I, I wave at her and then she gets up excited, like, yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> her, her story will say that she did it calm, <laughs> calm and cool, that she just got up and was like, hey. But I seen her face and hers, hers was like, hey, me. <laughs> So then, <laughs> so then um, oh, uh, my teammate goes, so you're not going to go over there and get the number? I'm like, nah, bro. She's going to find me. <laughs> he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so then this is usually when Bree comes in and tells her side of the story, so I'll tell it. So yeah. she goes, so an hour later she goes, yeah, so I, I went on Twitter and I was looking for my stats because I had played the game before, so I wanted to see my stats. And then I seen Superman Johnson. I was like, oh, that's a corny name. So then she clicks on it and she's like, oh, my God, this is the guy. Mom, mom, this is the guy I was telling you about. Wait, so so she already told her parents about you? Yeah. (laughs) So she goes, mom, this is the guy. She goes, what are you going to do? And then her mom goes, oh, just follow him. So then she follows me on Twitter. And then I send her a DM and I'm like, oh, that didn't take you very long. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she goes, oh, so cocky. So cocky. Wow. Man, so, that's hilarious. Yeah. It's one of, one of our great stories that we like to tell. <laughs> How did you know that she was going to be the one? Uh, to be honest, I didn't. Um, we after that that conversation we had on Twitter, we probably went we went on a date uh, to Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, had a good time, and then it was kind of just like you know, uh, just dealing with with college. You know, you're you're dealing with school and yeah. the season, and you know, it's kind of up and down. So, I remember um, at the time. I was still uh, dealing with my ex. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't want to, I was trying to get rid of that. I was trying to cut that part of my life off before mm-hmm. I hopped into another relationship. Right. So I had, um, I guess uh, Bree had really gotten feelings for me. So she had poured her, you know, her whole you know, I'm really feeling you. I want to take this on. And I had given her, hey, you know, I'm still dealing with this yeah. thing with my ex that I'm trying to cut off. So I don't want both of you guys to mix. So I need to deal with that before I get into it with you. Right. So she didn't like that. So after that, she kind of just kind of cut me off and just moved on. So we 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 didn't talk at, for the rest of that year. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. And then we kind of, um, we re we reconnected um, when I was in Romania. I I don't know well, how, like I was on Skype and uh, her name was up there and I was like, hey, I was just checking on you, just seeing how you're doing. And we ended up talking again, like texting every night and phone calls and she was like, hey, yeah, when you're in North Carolina, like, come check me out and we pretty much just got it from there. Nope. Nope. But we didn't get together until... Um, was her senior year. Um, she was she was about to turn pro, and um, 
to be honest, like I wasn't looking for a relationship at the time. I yeah. had, I just wanted to be an outlet for someone to show them the way because nobody showed me the way. So mm-hmm. I had told her, hey, you know, um, you could you could come stay with me. Like you can stay in my room. I'll sleep on the couch. Um, you come train with me in Toronto for two weeks and get ready for, you know, your pro season. She's like, all right, cool. And um, I remember she was like, she she hated me the first week. Hated my gut. Why? I don't know. She was just like, mom, he's so, he's, he's so this and that. I should have come. I should not book for two weeks. Da, 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 da. And then I, I remember I had a D-League tryout. And um, we went up to uh, Michigan and dro- drove five hours and um, ended up, uh, I guess like a lot of the guys that try, were trying to get at her. Mm-hmm. She was like, she was telling them, oh, that's my boyfriend. That's my boyfriend. So she goes, she comes up to me while I'm in the trial. She's like, so these guys are trying to get at me. And I've been telling them, you're my boyfriend. So what are we? And I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, we'll talk about it when we get home. <laughs> and you spoke about it when you got home? So he talked about it when I got home, and I, like I told her, like, hey, if we're going to do this, like, this is it. Like, this is the last relationship I'm trying to be in. And if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. So I'm not trying to do the whole you talking to guys on the side or me talking to girls on the side. Like, yeah. this is it. Mm-hmm. Like, so we, that, that, that was the way we did it. And we had communication, like, anything that we needed to tell each other, like, good or bad we spoke on it like we're like we were gonna over communicate everything wow how did you how did you know like when did you learn that that's something that you needed to do because you haven't been married or you know engaged or anything like that but how did you know that communicating about everything or over communicating is gonna help you get through it um just I think just from the whole um, me finding my faith again was was huge um, in terms of uh, growing my relationship. I think in the past, like uh, a big thing with, with my ex is that we hit a lot of things. Like we didn't talk on things. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that swept under the rug. Right. So I was like, man, if I want to change something, like it's got to be this. Like, like there's going to be some times where I tell it, I tell you something, Bree, and you're not going to like it. And you got to be able to be okay with, okay with it, and be like, okay, well, let's talk about it, mm-hmm. instead of it just being swept under the rug and then it being a, a you know, a time bomb. Right. Right. Wow. So that was huge for us. <laughs> and and so, is there something that one or two things that you guys disagree on? Because um, I find that when couples disagree on something, it's healthy. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, and it, it's weird too because um, it's uh, like especially like love languages, like breathe love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the way I say things, I got to be careful of how I say them, just because you know yeah. the words I say to her may hurt her, whereas if someone else says it, she might not care. Right. So I remember. Um, we were in Mexico during the pandemic. Um, uh, we learned out. We learned how to make funnel cakes. Uh. So, um, 
we had a disagreement about that. So she she was like, in her mind, she was like, man, these funnel cakes are bomb. Right. And, you know, us being, you know, communicating and saying everything, uh, I told her, they're, the funnel cakes are pretty good. They're just not, they're not that. They're not the, you know, the funnel cakes from the park or, you know. Right, right. They're, they're, it's just it's just missing something. Yeah. So she didn't like hearing that from me. Mm. So so then um so we were arguing one day. We're arguing about that. So then um I go, okay, babe, let me try to make the funnel cakes. So I I watched the YouTube video, I made the funnel cake. So then she goes, Dang, these are bomb. These are way better than mine. <laughs> and and it was like, you know, it, it wasn't a big thing. It was just a, babe, like, I'm not trying to tear you down or discourage you. Like, yeah. I just want to be honest with you. Yeah. So, um, I think she's gotten better, definitely, with, with that stuff, too. Like, <laughs> if, if something's not good, mm-hmm. like, she'll like she'll be like, yo, just tell me so I can be better. And that's how it should be. So was what was the moment for you when you decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna marry this girl? Uh probably um I wanna say let me see. I wanna say after after I had signed after I was the number one draft pick in Ottawa. Okay. So what what because there's a feeling that comes over you, right? For me, I had a feeling where it's like, I'm not ready. Um, but then there was, there was a moment where it's just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's, let's do mm-hmm. it. So, um, so just from Brie, it was just um, her willingness to be there at all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. And then um, our faith, like at the time we were, we were just uh, no. We were having no sex, so it was just focused on a relationship. Right. So I was like, man, if she's all in like this, then she's that. She's the one. Yeah. Because yeah. you know how most people are, especially yeah. this generation. It's like, what? No sex? All right, peace. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that really drew me to her and her willingness to be on board with it mm-hmm. and then her willingness to be like, okay, we can grow without that. Right. And I th- yeah, I think that was tough for her too. So I really commend her for that. Um, yeah. Even like, it's crazy too. Cause like after the season, um, I had already said to her, um, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, probably won't get married for another two or three years. And, like, her hearing that, it hurt her. But, like, in my mind, I had already said, like, I had already met with the dude, uh, uh, you know, created her ring. Yeah. And was like, I was just waiting on the ring to be finished. Right. Right. So. Nice. Now, what does that movie, Love and Basketball, mean to you? Ah, one of the, one of the OG movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> How does she feel about that movie? It's one of her favorites. Definitely. Uh, it's, yes. it's, it's crazy because it's like, 
people see us and they they they, they resemble the love in basketball for, yeah. for sure. Just yeah. because both of us hoop and both yeah. of us understand the grind and yeah. it's definitely I, I will say um on this journey it's been it's been amazing having someone that knows what it's like. You know? Right. Um my my past my past relationships it was a lot tougher with um people buying into the whole basketball thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was tough. And unless you kind of live it, it's hard for people to kind of understand it. Yeah. So there's times where I'm like, man, I don't know about this thing, man. I'm about to, she's like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. yeah. So it's always great to have someone on your team that understands the grind, understands the adversities and is willing to push you to be better than what you're telling yourself. Oh man. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, what is what would you say is your your you know your greatest accomplishment thus far or going to be if it hasn't happened yet? What would be your greatest accomplishment if it hasn't happened yet? Um greatest accomplishment. Well, uh in a couple oh, well next month we're about to find out <laughs> if it'll be my greatest accomplishment. That's what's up. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm doing, uh, I'm actually playing three on three, uh, FIBA 3X3. Okay. And uh, we're actually competing to go to the Olympics. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, May, I think it's May 26th. We're going down to Austria. Uh, Got to get to the championship game. If we get to the championship game, we're going to the Olympics. And that would be definitely a milestone for me, someone wow. from the Lawrence Heights Community Center, being able to go to the Olympics would be insane. Yeah, that's, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. I think one thing that I really marvel about your journey, too, is the fact that basketball has literally taken you across the globe. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, many of us, would have never dreamt of. Definitely. You know, so that's that's a huge one. I think, but I think your greatest accomplishment after that is going to be parenthood. Most definitely. And <laughs> and I was I was gonna say also having having this young one coming up. I yeah. mean, if I'm able to uh I hope, I pray I'm able to still hoop just for maybe a year or two just so they can experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to um, go to these different countries and experience just a, a little taste of, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's definitely, that definitely be number one. Man. Lil Bean, Lil Bean coming. <laughs> now, before we wrap things up, is there anything that you can leave our listeners with a statement to guide them on their journey, whether it's through sports or life? Um, and how they can pick themselves up. Um, anything that you can leave us with? Um, the biggest thing would be continue to just uh, be motivated by, you know, putting in the work. You know, um, everyone thinks that it's a, a shortcut to success, but it's not. It's it's grind time, and Isaiah Thomas says it the most. It's that slow grind, slow yeah. grind to the top, man. So. 
So mm. I would tell you guys, you know, if you if you want something, just keep grinding. That's it. That's it. Now, how can the listeners reach you, follow you, um, learn more about your story, and you know, pick your brain about anything related to the game or just you know your journey in general? Uh, so I'm on uh, Twitter, Superman Johnson, uh, Instagram, same same handle, Superman Johnson, uh, Facebook, Alex johnson and i'm available i'm never been the type to be uh i'm never been the type to not reach uh people if you reach out to me i'll do my best to get back to you and try and help you any way i can um just want to see people succeed like i said before man there's there's enough pie for everybody yeah yeah man alex Thank you again, my brother. I, I can't thank you enough. Um, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story with us. And um, I also want to take a moment to just thank the listeners for joining us this week um, on the DAP show. Um, again, if you haven't subscribed, um, get on Podbean, get on Spotify, um, you know, Google, as well as Apple and uh, subscribe to the show. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Love to, you know, for you to chime in on the conversation online and, um, you know, continue to support. Again, Alex, thank you for your time. I really appreciate and respect you so much for doing this and continue to do what you're doing. And all nothing but success is what I'm throwing your way, my brother. Nothing but uh, success, thank man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well much deserved, love, my man. brother. <laughs> uh, success, thank man. you, man. With that said, Um, To all our listeners as well, until next time, love, peace, and happiness.